This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morris, and this week it's time for some chalk talk. With students off campus for February break, we catch up with head basketball coaches John Furbush and Allison Montgomery to reflect on their seasons. Squash head coach Pat Kosker joins us to look back at nationals, and tennis head coach Paul Gassengay previews the men's and women's seasons as spring sports begins this week with women's tennis kicking things off in California Tuesday evening. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's swimming and diving program matched their best finish ever at NESCACs this past weekend, finishing fifth in the field. On Friday, sophomore Teddy Pender won the conference title in the 50-yard freestyle, and Bates broke four team records. Pender's 50-yard free clocked in at 20.73 seconds, an NCAA B-cut time, and a new Bates record. The men broke two more records on Saturday, and Pender broke his own mark in the 200-yard freestyle, finishing in second place with a time of 1 minute 40.40 seconds. Finally, on Sunday, more team records fell and Pender broke his own team record in the 100-yard freestyle in a second-place finish. We caught up with Pender on Tuesday to discuss the men's outstanding showing at NESCACs. You won the NESCAC title in the 50 free. I mean, were you anticipating that potentially happening? and Were you surprised? How'd that race go? Because obviously you, were, you prevailed. <laughs> in all honesty, it was a bit of a surprise. Uh, we'd actually considered not swimming a 50 free this year and putting me in an extra relay, but... Uh, in the end, we did put me in a 53. It was a bit of a surprise, but um, I was really happy with it. <laughs> How the NESCACs work is you have the prelims in the morning yep. and the finals at night. How do you maintain your level of endurance for that long? I think one of the main keys is to stay calm. Uh, regardless if you have a good race or a bad race, it's important to focus on what's coming next and not to look at, oh, I have 11 or 12 swims to go before this meet is over. It's to, how can I perform my best in the next race that I have? And then the men were able to get fifth place, just like last year, matching the best finish ever there in NESCACs. I mean, uh, when you look back on it, what's some of the things you'll take away from this particular meet? The team chemistry, the camaraderie amongst us all was absolutely amazing. Uh, I've never been anyth- part of anything like that, and I'm really pumped for next year. Next year's going to be even better. So last year was your first year, and then this year, going back to NESCACs, I mean, it was just like you remember, was anything different? <laughs> Uh, this year, I definitely knew what was going on. Uh, as a freshman, it's difficult to keep up with what's going on and people spending great times. Um, but I, this year, I knew what was going on. I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew what it took to do it. The track and field programs participate in the New England Division Three Indoor Championships over the weekend. The women's team finished sixth out of 31 teams, their best finish at the meet since also finishing sixth in 2010. Junior Allison Hill broke nine seconds for the first time in her career, winning the 60-meter hurdles in 8.86 seconds, breaking her own program record. Meanwhile, the men's track and field team finished fifth out of 26 teams. Senior co-captain Nick Margetzo won the shot put and placed third in the weight throw. His top shot put distance to 54 feet 7.5 inches marks a new personal record that takes him within 0.75 inches of Ethan Waldman for the number three spot on Bates' all-time performance list in the indoor shot. For his efforts, Margetza is our male Bobcat of the Week. Nick, over the weekend there, you set your own personal best again with the shot put. It seems like you do that every week. What is allowing you to get stronger and stronger as the season goes along, it seems? 
Um, my training in the weight room and on the track has it's been going pretty well, and uh, these kind of meets we try to show up and bring the best we can. So as a championship season comes comes here, we're we're definitely getting after it. So it's been a lot of fun. And then take us through a meet when you're doing the shot put. I know there's multiple throws that you're doing. So what's that process like? Well, the first throw we always try to have a a safe throw, a clean throw that will hopefully get us into finals. That way we can really turn up the intensity for the next five throws. Um, thankfully this week, that that's the way it went. My first throw uh, was pretty good toss. So it set me up to have uh, five throws where I could really start to push it. And how, and how do you balance that? Cause it seems like I'd be tempted if I were doing it to like, just try to do maximum effort every time. So how do you try to do it good enough so you keep going in the meet, but not too much, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely a tough process. Um, it's something that we've worked on a lot here at Bates. Definitely not something I was very good at as a freshman. Uh, fresh Coach Farashidian, fresh, he's he's been really great at teaching us how to channel our focus and energy throughout the throws. And it's a skill I learned from Pless and Enos in the years past. And my first throw, it's you want to just get in there, go through your technique, and you don't have to try very hard because the meat intensity really brings out the best of us. So it's it's more about just finding that calm and uh, focus right before the throw and setting yourself up to, to do well. So. And then, yeah, and then during the week leading up to the meet, how do you pace yourself in practice? Uh, well, so we try to get most of our lifts done on Sunday through Wednesday or so. That way we're feeling pretty good by Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday morning we feel like ready to go. So Now, you did very well in the weight throw as well, but I understand that might have been your last one in terms of interfering with the shot put a little bit. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. So... Yeah, the weight, uh, this year I've decided to really focus on the shot. Um, I threw the weight only at States and then um, this past weekend at New England's. And, you know, going into my last throw, I was like, all right, I'm coming out of here with with a PR. So and I was able to do that. I was hoping to go 17 meters. I went 16.99. So it was about as close as I could have gone. <laughs> but it, was, it was fine. I was really happy with how it worked out. We kept our seed. D-Ray went, uh, got second. I got third. So scored some points for the team. It worked out well. I know D-Ray, obviously, a younger guy, and uh, obviously he competes in some of the same events you do. So what's that relationship like? Oh, it's it's fantastic. He's one of my best friends, and uh, we're just great training partners. We really feed off of each other and push each other in practice and at meets. And, um, we yeah, we just have a great relationship. It's definitely a mentor-mentee kind of thing. And, I you know, I've tried to pass down the things that I've learned from the older guys when I was a freshman and sophomore and try to pass those down to him so he can pass them down to the – younger guys as well. It's a really strong tradition and it's just something that we take a lot of pride in and we're both having a lot of fun. So it really is a great tradition because the shot put, I mean, you're moving up there on the list, but you're not to number one yet, but you're one of the tops in the country right now. So talk a little bit about that tradition of the great shot putters at Bates. Sure. Uh, so it wasn't actually after, it wasn't until after the meet that I found out that I was the seventh, uh, well for seven years in a row, we've won the shot put at New England's and uh, it went back to Rich McNeil, and then three years with Pless, uh, then Enos won it, and then this year I won it. So it's pretty pretty cool to be a part of that streak. I think it's probably one of the longest streaks in uh, New England history for any event at any time. So it's definitely something to be have a lot of, you know, I'm very proud of that. And it speaks a lot it, to our program and just how much we put into it. And honestly, it goes right back to Coach Fresh and, what a great coach he is and how he motivates us and inspires us to do really well. We're just trying to make him proud. So, Are you kind of happy you didn't find out about that streak until after the meet? <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I went into the meet. I had a great week of practice before, and that's definitely the focus 
for these kind of meets, you don't win them the day of. You win them the week before, months before, years before. So it's just like when I, when I got to the meet, I was like prepared, ready to go. I thought I was going to go out there and give it my best. And that's what I have to do to do well. Um, it was it was it was great, though, having a couple of the guys who had won it the years before there to congratulate me and let me know. It was just a, it was an awesome moment for sure. Now, moving forward, focusing on the shot put, uh, what do you think that exclusive focus will do in terms of helping out you get even better distances? So last weekend at New England's uh, throwing the weight really takes a takes a toll on my body. So it took a, a lot a really hard week of practice to work on some of that strength endurance. So I'm hoping over these next few weeks I can really try to focus all my energy into the shot and put something out there that will um, you know have a lot of success over the next couple of weeks. And what's the next big meet coming up for you guys, at least for you personally, perhaps? So this weekend we have the Open New England Championship. It's D1, D2, D3. Uh, that's always been a big focus for me coming into this season. I finished outdoor third place in the shot in that meet last year, so I'm, I'm really hoping I can move up, and uh, I'm definitely going to get after it this weekend. I'm excited. It's uh, one of the few opportunities we have as a program to go up against the big schools in the area and and show them what Bates Track is all about. The men's and women's squash teams cruised through nationals as they both went 3-0 over the weekend. The men's team defeated Hobart 9-0 on Friday, Virginia 8-1 on Saturday, and Williams 7-2 on Sunday to win the Summer's Cup. Meanwhile, the women took down St. Lawrence 6-3 on Friday, Bowden 7-2 on Saturday, and Amherst 5-4 on Sunday to win the Walker Cup. Our female Bobcat of the Week is first-year Christina Alexova. She swept all three of her opponents at the number one position this weekend for the women's squash team and has won 12 straight matches overall. She is off campus this week for February break, but we caught up with head coach Pat Kosker to talk Alexova and all things Bates squash. First of all, Pat, I know the, the men's team was really hoping to be in the B division and compete for the home cup. They ended up as the top seed in the Summers Cup, the C division. They got the victory. How much of a chip was on their shoulder, even though it was computer rankings that put them there? Yeah, uh, well, there's a lesson in there somewhere um, for the for the men. Um, <clears throat> they certainly peaked in, in late January, early February, like we tend to do, um, like we've done the past three or four years. Uh, beat Middlebury uh, pretty convincingly at NESCAX in the semifinal match to, to set up a, a final against Trinity, which was really special. Um, and then a few days later, come to find that we hadn't moved up in the rankings uh, based on the computer ratings. Um, so, like I said, there's a there's a lesson in there somewhere. Um, but the guys the guys really worked hard and um, you know mentally focused and and looked to uh, beat Williams again, which was a which was a cool thing to do that twice in the same season for the men um, and and win a win a trophy. You know, we did as best as we could last weekend given the circumstances. Um, and it was nice. It was nice to get the cup, but certainly I think in our heart of hearts and um, maybe some of those other teams would agree that we deserve to be in the B flight. Yeah, speaking of finishing strong, the women's squash team, I mean, they finished really strong, especially that last match there against Amherst. They were trailing, but then Lauren Williams had a huge win, and then Christina finished off her opponent. First of all, Lauren and Vicky both bounced back from dropping a set to win it. So what was it like watching those two uh, basically save the match. <laughs> yeah, well, that that women's group, this this women's team this year was a really special group. Um, you know, starting back in September with really three returners coming back, um, with Charlotte Cabot being abroad for the whole fall semester, and then Emma Dunn going down in November with a concussion, losing to Bowden, which we hadn't done in 
um, I don't think we've done in, in maybe 12 or 15 years. Um, to, to fast forward to the last weekend of the season, to beating both Bowdoin um, 7-2, I think it was, a convincing 7-2, losing the two matches in 11-9 in, in the fifth and 12-10 in the fifth, and then to come back and beat Amherst, who we also had lost to previously 7-2, beating them 5-4 in the final, um, really is a testament to, to the girls and their work ethic, um, their focus, their dedication. Um, and then again, just like the guys team, peaking at the right moment, which is which also happened to be the last weekend of the season, which from a coach's perspective, you, you can't ask for more. Um, Lauren specifically and Karan Aurora, um, you know, for, for them to lead the team through such adversity um, and then for Lauren to have that performance in her very last match as a Bobcat is just a really special thing. Um, both of those kids, Lauren and Karan, came to Bates sight unseen. Um, Lauren arriving basically in January 2nd of her, of her freshman year as a Jan Frosh. Um, you know, those two will be in my heart forever and, and have, last, have already left a legacy on this program that's an indelible, indel, indelible one. Um, they're just tremendous young people, and um, they're going to be really successful in life. I was going to add two senior captains right there. Now, let's talk about someone who's just getting her career started here at Bates. Our female Bobcat of the Week, Christina Alexova. She's not on campus this week, so we can't interview her, but we'll talk to you about her, about her performance. I mean, she's won 12 matches in a row. She swept all her opponents over the weekend. How have you seen her develop over the course of this season as a first year? You knew she had a lot of talent playing her at the number one, but it seems like she's really taken over these last few months. Christina is a special kid. She's exactly what we look for. She's talented. She um, she's a really bright student athlete, and she's also a really sweet kid. Um, she's exactly what we want for the program. Um, as you said, Aaron, she's won 12 matches in a row. I think she's 18 and four in the season, playing number one as a first year, which is really tough to do. She has uh, developed into an amazing team player. Um, she's one of the the favorites on the team. She has a really wry sense of humor and a, a sarcastic tone to her sometimes. She's also fierce, and she's a fierce competitor, and she's all business when she's on the squash court. She, it's nice to know, um, going out at number one, that you're, you're going to win most of the time. Um, and that's, that's a, real, a real comfort for the women um, going out there when they're battling in the middle of the lineup or down at the bottom of the lineup to know that, that you have one at the top that's going to win. And, and Vicky Arjun at number two as well is the same thing. Um, you know, but to do it at such a young age and, and to, 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 have, um, to have it be so new and still to, be, to perform at that level is just really special. Yeah, I've asked some of the players before about Christina, and they kind of they laugh a little bit. Her style, apparently, when you play against her, can be kind of frustrating as an opponent. What, what does that mean, I guess? Yeah, well, she's really solid. Um, she also has an amazing touch, um, so her front court game is, is, um, is really great. It's, uh, you know, she just has a lot of experience, and, and that's her thing. Um, but she's also, she's also really, really steady. Um, she doesn't get too emotional. She doesn't get too, too down on herself when she hits the tin or when she makes a mistake or when her opponent wins a point. Um, and that can be really frustrating because part of the, a big part of squash is the mental aspect of it. And, and, uh, you know, when you see your opponent start to crumble a little bit, you, you start to, you, you know, the tendency is to pounce on that and, and bring home the match. But, uh, Christina doesn't really show a lot on court, um, and that's just who she is, you know. That's that's who she is, and that what's that's what makes her such a great competitor. Right, because I mean, you have some squash players, and even on this team, who are pretty emotional out there on the court, yeah. or others like Christina really keep it like a level head, mm -hmm. level balance. And so, what 
what are the pros and cons maybe of either being a very emotional player or being a very calm, almost like it's effortless out there? Yeah, well, we, we talk about playing squash like your personality, right? And and that's Christina's personality. Um, as I said earlier, she's a, she's a really talented student. Um, she's really bright, and she's also a really sweet kid. And so, um, you know, that's how she plays squash, you know. But I think inside of her, she wants to win more than anyone else out there. Um, she also has the, the acumen. She has the ability. She has the experience to go out and, and in games figure out what's happening, um, maybe more so than other students, um, some other players. And, and so she, she can make adjustments within the game um, when some students come out of court and make adjustments that way. Um, and so she, she just has a, le- a little bit more experience than, than some of our other student athletes. But, um, but that steadiness is really unnerving to her opponent. Um, we call it getting down to business. You know, she just takes care of business. She goes out there and plays and, and just wins. And, and it's amazing. You know, it's really incredible to have that at the top of the lineup. Um, but to have it be from such a young, um, a young Bobcat is, is really great. And the future is bright for that program. Yeah, and she came over from the Czech Republic to play here. I know you mentioned Philip Milkowski, the captain of the men's team, helped recruit her here and everything. How have you seen her adjust off the court to life here at Bates? Yeah, I think she, she enjoys her time here. Um, she's doing well academically. I think she enjoys her classes as well. Um, she's made some close friends. She she is, as I said, a fan favorite within the team, um, and that's great. Uh, I think she's she's going to be great for us moving forward, and, and she's really going to flourish here at Bates. So we've got nationals for individuals coming up, not this upcoming week, but the week after that, March 4th through 6th. And I know we don't know as of now who exactly will be playing, but we have a pretty good idea the two Ahmeds will be playing. Uh, Christina will probably be playing, Vicky as well, uh, in A flight or B flight. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, what do you tell these first years? Because Ahmeds, they've been there before. What do you tell these first years about the experience of playing individual nationals? Yeah, well, it, it's a it's a really cool opportunity, uh, for lack of a better word. It's it's a lot of fun. You see the best players in the country. You see those student athletes that at the end of the season really enjoy the game and want to keep playing. Um, the fact is is that some students choose not to play, even though they could make the A flight or or could play an individual. So the students that we bring and the students that compete for us are are ones that really want to continue playing. And and um, it's a little bit of a of a mental exercise because they're they're really playing for themselves out there they they don't have nine or ten other uh, teammates behind them cheering them on and coaching them between matches and and games and so um, it is a little bit different than what we do for four months right where four months we're focused so much on the team and winning against our other our other opponents um, this is a little bit more of a of an individual deal so um, so those players that go uh, we just say you know have fun do your best Obviously, you're still representing Bates College, but um, but it's more of a mental exercise to play for yourself and um, and do the best you can. And I, I expect, um, I hope that Christina can can push into the A flight. That's again up to the computers that sometimes uh, this year at least haven't been in in the Bobcats' favor. But we'll see. Either way, um, you know she'll be back again. And and Vicky too. I think she she can really make an impact in the B flight. Um, and as you said, the Ahmeds. Uh, I expect they haven't lost a match all year. Uh, and so I expect that both of them will be seated to uh, to maybe meet in the quarterfinals or semifinals. And, and um, as we talked about a few weeks ago, that would be really special. The Alpine and Nordic skiing teams combined to finish 7th out of 16 teams at the Williams Carnival this weekend. All our skiers get one more chance to move up in the rankings before nationals this weekend at the NCAA Regionals. 
Meanwhile, the women's basketball season came to an end in the NESCAC quarterfinals with a loss to Amherst on Saturday. Head coach Allison Montgomery sat down with us to discuss her first season at the helm. Recap on the 2015-2016 women's basketball season with head coach Allison Montgomery. Now, coach, this is your first year head coach here at Bates. Obviously, you inherited a team you weren't familiar with before, so what were your impressions this initial season looking back on it? Um, I think, you know, it was... Yeah, definitely a year. Um, like you said, you know, I wasn't super familiar with this team. They weren't familiar with me. So I think we did spend a good amount of time just um, trying to get to know each other, trying to really build um, relationships, you know, both in terms of my relationships with players and just building a culture um, among our team. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, looking back on the season, um, it's just I, I am really happy with a lot of things, but I'm also really it, it gave us a lot of um, sort of thing, a lot of things to look forward to in terms of where we need to improve, ways we need to grow. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was a good first season. That's I'm definitely looking forward to going from here. What was the biggest maybe surprise that you weren't expecting? Biggest surprise that I wasn't expecting. Um, you know, I think when you take on your first head coaching position, I think you know there's tons of things that people sort of say to you and advice they give you and also things that you know like you intellectually like you know and you expect but I think going through that experience kind of yourself is a whole other is a whole other ball game um and so you know I knew how challenging and dynamic um it would be to run a program but I think um you know just having the experience of actually doing it and doing it with a team that um you know, we're really looking to change a lot in terms of culture. I think, you know, I, I just learned a lot in terms of how challenging it is, um, for sure. I, I knew that going in, but um, the experience definitely taught me a lot of things in that way. Well, four NESCAC wins after they've yeah. had two for the previous two years combined. Right, and yeah. so were the players themselves mm -hmm. a little surprised about, wow, we can actually uh, compete here a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope they weren't too surprised. <laughs> but, you know, it was just great that we sort of hit a little bit of a stride and sort of – um, came together at the right time, I think, this year. You know, we had a really um, kind of slow start, um, which a little bit to be expected, you know, just um, trying to put some things together and obviously a new coach trying to do some, do some different things. Um, so, you know, that, that was something that was great about our season, just that we kind of came together at the right time. And I think they got especially focused in um, in conference play. And so, you know, I'm really hopeful that that will sort of give us, you know, a place to start next season. And I think so much ab about being successful, yeah, I mean, talent is super important and sort of um, X's and O's and all those things are absolutely factors, but I think a huge part of it is just that mental piece of kind of seeing yourself as as having the potential to be successful and being able to compete. And so I think we're trying to change our identity a little bit in that way. So I'm hoping that that will fuel us a little bit for next season. And then it must be nice to have uh, both Nina and Allie coming back next mm -hmm. year because they're obviously forces all year long, not only scoring but rebounding mm -hmm. as well. I mean, what did you see from them and what do you look for them to do this offseason to prepare for the next step in their careers? Yeah, I mean, I'm really going to challenge them a lot, actually, to um, do a lot in the offseason. They they did do um, they did carry a lot of the load for us this year, but I just think they're both players who have a ton of potential to be even better. Um, so both kind of related to – fitness and skill and then a lot of stuff too just in terms of leadership and kind of again continuing to build on our chemistry and our culture so um yeah those guys will be key along with Bernadette um I think will be you know really key for kind of setting the tone in the off season in the summer and coming in right away ready to go 
And then you take a look at the Nets, CAC, obviously you're very familiar with yeah. it. Uh, what were your impressions, though, this year as being the head coach after a few years away from it? Yeah, it's just, God, every year it's gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, just, yeah, it's, you know, I've said this a couple times to our team, but it's such a competitive um, league, but it's we have to keep framing that, like, that's where we want to be. We want to be competing against the best, and we want to put it, we want to be able to feel like, you know, if we can compete at that level with teams in our conference, that we should be really prepared for out-of-conference games. Um, and that's something that sort of, you know, we fueled us a little bit, I think, especially towards the end of the season when we started playing a little bit better. We played out-of-conference. You know, we played Huston, who um, is a favorite in their conference. And so just wanting to really, um, you know, as we're trying to get back up there and, and compete with teams in our conference, really – um, framing that in a way where we feel lucky to be a part of such a competitive um, conference where you have to really bring your best every time you play um, in order to compete. So, you know, just, just really focusing on that that's only going to make us better in terms of um, our whole schedule, you know. And, of course, the three-point shot, kind of the great equalizer at times mm-hmm. in basketball. I know you are you have mixed feelings about it, but yeah. at times it definitely worked this year for you guys. Yeah, I mean, look at that Williams game when, um, you know, obviously Nino was especially was shooting the ball so well. Um, but, yeah, that's something I think, you know, I've talked about it a few times, but a big focus of this season was just, you know, talking about shot selection. Not only shot selection, what's the best shot for us, but understanding the flow and the tempo of a game and what do we need right now and how are we going to get a good shot for us and – what shots are falling and what aren't. So um, that's something we worked on all year, and I'm sure it will continue to be a focus. But I do think it's something we made big strides with. And, um, yeah, I mean, when threes are, are falling, it, it feels great. But, um, yeah, I think if we could just be a little more versatile in terms of our uh, where we can score from and sort of who we can rely on to be our scorers um, rather than just kind of sometimes we had to rely on are people going to be hot from three, and that's, you know, that's that's a tough way to win games consistently. So. And then Nina is only a sophomore. Obviously, takes a lot of the scoring load. I yeah. mean, I, I think she embraces a little bit. What yeah. are your <laughs> What are your thoughts on like her? Maybe I mean, in terms of her share of the workload going forward, usage wise and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I want to be as balanced as we can. I think, um, you know, she. I would love her to just kind of be more consistent. I think on both ends, but definitely offensively. Um, and I do think, you know, she's a, a, only being a sophomore. I think like that was a lot of sort of pressure. Um, and for her. And so I think just the more that we can try to share that wealth and get other people um, not only good opportunities but confidence um, to score the basketball I think is only going to help us. And, um, you know, again, just kind of developing her consistency. And I think a lot of that is kind of mental toughness and um, and also just working on absolutely, you know, her skills um, in terms of helping her to be able to score in other ways and be a more versatile offensive player because she absolutely has a ton of potential. And what's the biggest lesson, looking back on it, that you've learned about being a head coach over the course of the season? Wow, on the spot, Aaron, the biggest <laughs> lesson I've learned. I just think, you know, I am I really value communication, I think, with my team as a whole and also just um, with individuals. And I think that is something that, you know, I did um, emphasize this year and that I did um, try to do as much as possible. But I think I just really realized and sort of learned that you can't do it enough. Um, and so... Um, just continuing to communicate as sort of clearly, directly, often as I can with our team and, and with individuals, again, I think is just um, going to help build the culture that we're trying to build. So, And also encouraging our players to do that sort of internally. I think that helped their culture a little bit this year, but um, I, I definitely think we have 
um, some distance to go with that. And so just kind of um, helping them to, to develop those kind of relationships, I think, will just help us be better on court. Last question for you. Without going into specifics, but yeah. over the offseason, when you're out there recruiting, yeah. what type of player are you looking for to fit this program? Yeah, tough, gritty. <laughs> um, you know, I'm. I think for starters, like I, I definitely want to try to expand our scope a little bit and not just look for kids, not just look for kids sort of in the recruiting process who just want to go NESCAC and they're looking at every NESCAC school. Um, our program is in a place right now where I think we just need really tough competitors who hate to lose. Um, I think there's two types of people out there, people who love to win and people who hate to lose. Obviously, we all love both, but, um, you know, who are just really going to help us. Again, I keep talking about culture, but who are going to contribute to that and um, who understand how to win and um, are really just wanting to bring our program to that next level. Um, so that's what I'm looking for, just real toughness, grittiness, sort of blue-collar players who, who can play both ends. For me, that's really important to you as a coach. Um, and I think something that our current players um, need to embrace a little more too is just like, you know, you can't just be, um, you can't just sort of be a one-dimensional player. You got to be dynamic and play both ends. And we definitely need that too. So, All right, coach. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Aaron. We also caught up with men's basketball head coach, John Furbush, to look back on their season. The men finished the year with a 10 and 14 record. I look at player development and player performance is two different things and I think that going into the year having evaluated our guys after the first week of practice they developed they were definitely better players than they were last year uh, when it came to performance we didn't quite get it done the way we did last year so I think um, you know it wasn't the fact that they didn't get better didn't work hard we just didn't make the same shots consistently that we made in prior in the prior year and I mean, obviously, you know, you had new point guards this year, uh, Sean and Jerome, and they both had some quite a few great games. But did you feel the loss of, of Safford a lot in terms of, you know, Bonazian having to put more on his shoulders and whatnot? Yeah, I think the, the, the that's a very complex question. But I think <laughs> uh, what Mike maybe lacked this year was a version of him last year. So I think Mike tried to take on the role that Graham took on and, you know, a, a lot of Graham's success came from what Mike did offensively last year, and I think there was a lack of consistency for that guy that needed to compliment Mike uh, day in and day out. And, and there was a lot of different guys that did a lot of things. I think both Sean and Jerome had some big games, and, and Sean hit two game winners against two teams that were huge for us. So I think the experience that those two point guards gained from this season will really help us uh, moving forward. And then I know the Dopesh twins, before the year you said you wanted to see them develop their offensive games more. I saw them trying different moves from the post. What were your evaluation of their performances this season? Well, I think that they certainly were more aggressive and assertive, uh, demanding the ball. I think that they still need to work on their, their positioning of where they get the ball because I think a lot of times they got pushed out of their position and were forced to make skilled shots where I thought that they could have got the ball deeper and just had a quick up. Um, but in terms of you know the the actually the actual footwork that they made, I mean night and day from last year. So they they created some more space for their shot, and again they just have to finish some of those baskets. But it's you know it's hard for me to get too picky with them because I think they both shot at a pretty high percentage. So um, I just believe that they should be better than that, and I think they do too. Now defensively, there were some games where you guys struggled this year. So what was the main issues you thought maybe on defense at, at times? I think primarily uh, early in the season we just we had too much of a focus on offense, and so I think that our defensive intensity just wasn't there. And once we made an adjustment, it, that was fine. I think the problem was that our um, we missed so many shots. You know, we just weren't making shots, so there were a lot of long rebounds, and and we got beat in transition a lot of times. And a lot of the the, the um, 
games where we just weren't getting it done defensively were we gave teams confidence early in the game. And, you know, anytime that a guy that plays basketball at the college level feels confident, it's like throwing a rock in the ocean, you know. So it, the hoop got a lot bigger for those teams, and I think that we need to do a better job next year of that first three minutes of the game lock in on defense and make guys uncomfortable so that they don't feel that confidence. And if we do that, I think we have a chance to be pretty good. I know talking to some of the guys, they mentioned, you know, the defense last year at least led to transition buckets for you guys. And this year it seems like maybe there weren't as many transition buckets, not as easy, as many easy looks. Would you agree? I totally agree. I think last year, uh, again, we, we, we were able to do some different things defensively with a one, three, one. We didn't quite have the same personnel to do that as effectively this year, but um, we just weren't getting as many stops. So it's hard sometimes to take the ball out of the net and run out the floor and try to create transition baskets, knowing that if you miss it, and they score again. That's where a lot of the runs came from. Is that, you know, we believe in like, get a stop, score, stop. And I feel like teams were doing that to us a lot more than we were to them. So it was hard to get into a flow. Now some of the young guys stepped up late in the season. And Nick Lynch got more and more minutes down the down the stretch. He had some very nice games. Got main uh, rookie of the week one week. And so what do you see from his development? Because we all saw during the dunk contest, there's certainly potential there, right? Oh, he's got yeah. He has a very high ceiling. He's a, a relentless worker, and I think once he figured out what we wanted him to do through the course of the year I mean he he was one of our more consistent big men as the season wound down um and he just doesn't think he just plays I think a lot <laughs> of the guys sometimes are like all right I have to go from x to y to z where he just he just goes and, and that's a big reason why he was effective for us and um he's a sponge I mean I don't think and I think all of my coaches would agree with this there was one there was never a time where we didn't tell Nick to do something where he didn't do it perfectly and so he's he's, he's just a quick learner and there was a lot more for him to learn this year than some other guys coming in, but he's made a really good adjustment, and I think that he's going to be a valuable member for us moving forward. And maybe besides Nick, who was maybe the biggest uh, pleasant surprise this season for the team and they're looking forward to next year? Whew. Well, I think a lot of guys did, did you know, a lot of good things. I think, I mean, I, I, I just look at Sean Strickland. I think he, um, you know, he had a really scary injury last year as a first year, and obviously I think his limit, uh, his minutes were going to be limited anyways with Graham being here, but the transition that he made and the shoes that he had to sort of fill in, I thought he did a great job. I mean, what, what's great about Sean is that he never gets too high and never gets too low, and that's that's a really good quality in a point guard to just be steady Eddie. Um, and, and so I hope that the experience he gained this year will help him sort of lead the squad next year. And I think it's hard when you're a sophomore point guard because you, you defer to all the upperclassmen. But at the end of the day, the point guard, regardless of your age, has to be your floor general. Right, and so, yeah, he'll be upperclassmen next year, so that should be good. And then – I, you, no one wants to make excuses, but I looked at the schedule. And I'm like, that's a lot of road games. That's a lot. Of, I know you guys got guys got sick during the middle of that. I mean, that, that did that wear guys down a little bit down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, I, this, there's no excuse for it for <laughs> anything. But I think um, the the format of the schedule, which from a NESCAC standpoint, I have no control over, was uh, it, it's a, there was a difficult stretch where I think we were five games in a row, three weekends in a row, and, and it wasn't like. Two of those games were Bowden Colby. We were right. going to furthest possible road games. And, you know, it's it's hard to win on the road, but I look at a team like Trinity last year who had almost the identical schedule to us. They went undefeated on those road games. And so um, it, it's just a, a mind-over-body thing. And I think that from the neck down, we were capable of doing anything. And from the neck up, I think there were times where we had to be a little bit more uh, confident in our ability. And I think that, again, that was part of the reason, part of the reason for our lack of success was we were, we were young. And experience, I should say, not necessarily in age, but in experience. 
Yeah, and you mentioned like Nick just plays; he doesn't try to think too much. Is that going to be emphasis next year? Is you know, hey, be more like be more like the guys who who don't think, just play out there. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's some guys that I I prefer do think okay. because I think that's probably the best thing for them. Like the point guard, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we want him to be locked in. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think uh, I mean, I'm really interested to see the the next seven months are are, are really up to them on how good they want to be. And and again, I know guys will develop, but I need them to perform. And I'm I'm really intrigued by. Uh, what's going to happen between now and November, and obviously there's a there's a new core of guys that will be coming in, and we're still trying to f- complete that class. And so uh, all the guys that are currently here know that my recruitment didn't end with them. So I'm out there. My, part of my job is to get better players than I currently have, and, and, and hopefully that motivates these guys to get better because at the end of the day, you know, we can run whatever we want offensively and defensively, but we need our guys to step up and, and make plays when, when we're needed most. Now let's look ahead. Spring sports have begun. Women's tennis is in California and takes on Whittier at 5 o'clock Eastern time on Tuesday. Then men's tennis opens up against Pomona Pitzer at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. We got on the phone with head coach Paul Gassengay to preview both teams' outlook for the spring. Coach, we already have a match here Tuesday night coming up. The women's tennis team in action this evening. What are you most looking forward to to watch the team in action for the first time this spring at least? We're really excited about this women's team. Uh, they've really come together and trained very hard over the off season. They're fit. Uh, they've been playing a lot of sets with each other. Um, now they're ready to turn that on someone else. They're 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 kind of tired of playing against each other uh, all winter, and you know they're really looking forward and excited for the opportunity to play Whittier today, which is at two o'clock um, West Coast time. So. Right. So this afternoon for them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, obviously, a lot of the, I know a lot of the women's players were abroad during the fall, and so what's it like to have the whole team together for once? Exactly. It's, it really is – they're gelling, and uh, it's great to have the, the juniors back. They're such an integral part of the team, and we had some great leadership all fall uh, with the two seniors, um, and the first years were terrific. So it's just nice to have everyone together. Uh, we just spent the last two days uh, working with Dr. Jerry Lynch, who's a renowned sports psychologist and uh, team culture builder, um, who, I don't know if you know this, but worked with uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors all last year and with Steve Kerr and, and you know, was really integral and in, in part of their team and helping them win a NBA championship. And then on the women's team, I know it's a younger team. There's two seniors, as you mentioned. But uh, I know during the fall, Bella Stone really stood out as a, as a first year in the fall. What have you seen from her so far this spring? Uh, she's terrific. I mean, they, they all are. And, and Bella is just such a, a wonderful athlete. You know, she's physical, but she doesn't take herself very seriously. You know, she can laugh at herself after a mistake. And she just has a great attitude. So it's, it's refreshing. And for an individual sport like tennis, uh, she just has a, a great attitude. She's a hockey player also, and so she brings a, a little bit of that toughness and uh, to the tennis court. And so she's just uh, she's very physical. She has a huge serve, big forehands and backhands. We've worked a lot on her transition to get her to the net. Um, and yeah, she's going to be the real deal. I and mean, she already is, but she's she's working hard, and uh, I see some great things in her future. 
Well, let's talk about the men's team now. They are not in action today, but they are in action tomorrow, uh, taking on Pomona Pitzer. And I know last year, obviously, the story with the men's team was the doubles team that featured Chris Ellis going to nationals. And obviously, the senior part of that doubles team has graduated, but Chris is going to be teaming up with Ben Rosen this year. I know Chris was abroad this fall. So how have you seen this doubles uh, team, Rosen and Ellis, so far develop? Well, this year we've actually had uh, a very good problem, is we have so many amazing uh, interchangeable parts. It's really taken us a long time to figure out the best meshes for doubles. Um, and with Chris gone this fall, it's amazing just having one key component. He's an all-American doubles player, you know, but that really sort of made it difficult to figure out who was going to play with who and who, what would be our ultimate three doubles teams. And, and that's still, you know, a work in progress, you know, this point of the season and we're willing to adjust. But, you know, with with Ben and Chris, I think they, you know, they both have a very similar mindset. They work well together. But, you know, as we were talking about our culture on our team, you know, these guys all work well together, and they're all willing to, to sacrifice for each other and, and do what it takes. So um, they, they find a mesh with whoever they play with, but we're trying to find the ultimate uh, combos here so that we have some success this year. But, Ben and Ben and Chris uh, are looking pretty strong. Yeah, because Ben had a really good fall. Uh, tell us more about his singles game. Ben is a force on the singles court. I mean, as a first year, he played uh, mostly at five for us and was very successful. You know, obviously it's a learning curve, and we're playing the toughest teams in the country every match. Um, division three men's tennis is, you know, it's it's pure Division one level at this point uh, in our league and, and the teams that we choose to play against. Uh, and, you know, so they're playing the, the toughest kids in the country. Um, ben, ben had a great fall, uh, you know, showed we, he could he could play with anyone at the ITA championships, uh, you know, had a, a good tournament at the Wallach. And, you know, he, he's just a hard worker and he's very coachable, listens, and he's willing to do what it takes to get better. That's, that's the key component to Ben. He he has not stopped working since he uh, entered as a, you know, once he got his application <laughs> uh, decision in the mail, he, st- he, he, he never stopped working. So Now, this is a kind of a young men's team. There's one senior. You have four first years. Among the first years, who's really stood out so far? Well, uh, Josh Keanu is really amazing, a super kid. He just has the best attitude and, again, great worker. Um, and you look at him, he's just like a little powerhouse. I mean, he's a small kid, but he hits as big as anyone on the team. And that's the neat thing with tennis is, you know, when you have the right mechanics and the right contact point, I mean, he, you can just crush the ball. And, and he is incredible uh, with, with his footwork, his foot speed, his his timing. I mean, he, he's just a great player, and he's got a lot of heart. And when he competes, he he can play with anyone. He he took uh, Wolf uh, from Bowden, who's a very strong player, uh, this fall and lost in a match tiebreaker to him. Um, you know, and he shows he can he can play with anyone in the country. So. And I guess last question for you, Coach. Obviously, you guys were practicing indoors here at Bates, and now I guess you probably get to be outdoors right there in California. And so what's – is there a big difference between playing indoors and outdoors, any adjustments the players have to make? There's a huge, huge difference. Uh, we're so, you know, 
blessed to have the, the indoor facility that we can actually play matches in. And it's it's an actual tennis court, unlike the other spring sports who, you know, sort of have to make do when they're in the field house. I mean, our our courts are, are regulation courts, and so we don't miss a beat that way. However, coming outside, it's, you know, you've got some wind, you've got the sun, you've got some days out here in California, it's so beautiful, there's not a cloud in the sky. Right. So adjustments on, you know, things like overheads, for example, where there's no depth perception. When you're used to having a roof over your head all the time, you know, for months, it's really easy to pick up an overhead and, and figure out the height of the ball uh, on the lobs. And, uh, you know, out here, it, it was definitely an adjustment the first day. I, I watched a bunch of kids just completely whiff on, on balls because they're looking into a clear blue sky. And, you know, but we're, we're ready now. We had, we've had a few days, and uh, we'll have another couple of days of practice here. And they're looking good. They're excited to be here. Obviously, it's beautiful. It's warm. Um, it's an outdoor sport, and you know a lot of times we play it inside, which is which is fine. But we we love playing outside. All right, coach. Thanks so much. Looking forward to the women's tennis team kicking off the spring sports season. We have an action-packed week with men's and women's lacrosse as well as baseball getting started. Both rowing teams are in Florida this week getting prepped for their season as well. We will recap the beginning of spring sports and much more next time on the Bates Bobcast. <laughs> Right, 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 right